Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade's bonus Friday the 13th episode. Every Friday the 13th, Brandon, Colin, and Permanently Geek's Randy Schaefer will gather around the campfire to reminisce about one of Jason, Pamela, or Roy's Crystal Lake killing spree. Please keep in mind this discussion will be full of spoilers and will contain harsh language. I don't want to scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. Jason's out there. Come on, Jason. Hi, you're listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. I'm Brandon, and as always with me is your training co-hoster, Cullen. He's right. It's what I am. It's what I do. You're, you're in training. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a whole day to do it. Welcome to our bonus episode, the first in our Friday the 13th series. Every time the calendar lands on Friday the 13th, or maybe if we uh, find some other special occasions, we'll be covering a film from the legendary series, Friday the 13th. Uh, Joining us for these Crystal Lake memories is Permanently Geek's very own Randy Schaefer. Hi there. How's everybody doing? Randy, this isn't uh, your first rodeo with doing internet content for Friday the 13th, correct? No, this is not. This is uh, a long road of Friday the 13th stuff, actually. Just recently posted a, a Q&A with uh, the director of To Hell and Back, uh, the Kane Hodder story, which is a documentary that he's doing uh, Indiegogo for. Documentary for Kane Hodder. Permanently Geek has some Friday the 13th stuff up as well, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of your launch had a... We, our launch had a, a commentary, a uh, feature-length commentary. It, the, the audio quality is not great on that one, but it is uh, a fun commentary. And uh, we also did an episode of Play It, Smash It, uh, which was uh, for the NES uh, masterpiece, uh, as it were. I've watched both those. All I've watched all that stuff. It's excellent. Go over to YouTube on Permanent Geek and check it out. We'll include links and stuff as well. But I'm happy to have Randy here with us for these journeys, as we're all pretty big Friday the 13th fans, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, watch it every at least one every thirteenth. I'm a, I'm a big fan of just like slashers in general, subgenre I really love. And Friday the Thirteenth was I think my gateway drug into all that. Love uh, all the movies. I'm a big fan of Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. But Friday the Thirteenth is kind of the the most like consistent of the big slasher series, I would say. Yeah, he only, he only went into space mm-hmm. once. <laughs> it was very late in the series. That's right. And he only fought one psychic girl. (laughs) Only got weird near the end. And if you're wondering, you're not mistaken, this is uh, part two we'll be discussing here. It's because every Friday the 13th, Cullen and I get together. We We have a nice dinner somewhere, have a little chat, and then we go to one of our households and put all the titles of Friday the 13th movies in a hat, and we'll draw them. I watch either two or three of them on that night, and we've been doing this for a few years now. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes we have damn enchiladas. Sometimes we just yes. have a big bowl of stew. <laughs> and I think we missed, we like, there was one time we couldn't do it, but we did it the next weekend. Yeah, I think you had a wedding or something I like to, that. I had to be out of town with something not as important as Friday the 13th. Every- is as important <laughs> as Friday the 13th. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> At least a Paramount in the 80s, anyway. Yeah. Oh, they were, like, ashamed of it, though. Oh, yeah. They, they hated it. It was, like, dirty money for them. <laughs> yeah. 
they hate that it made the money. It's like we, it's like going back to that the lover of yours that you're ashamed to be with. Like they're ugly, but man, they know how to hump. I got to yeah. keep going back to them. <laughs> man. <laughs> so for this one, we we drew and uh, we'll we'll draw the next one at the end of this. But we had uh, drawn uh, beforehand and part two it was. So we've all refreshed ourselves on part two and i guess we'll begin talking about part two this one is it's it's pretty pivotal in, in a lot of things it's, it's a very important you know not just in friday the 13th history but i think uh cinematic history the 1980s because after the first film cunningham and company where could they go there was the idea to do an anthology film so just some other scary movie set up on friday the 13th but they decided to do a direct sequel to the first film. Which was a crazy idea. Yeah, because the killer in the previous one had their head chopped off. Which would have been interesting to see a headless Pamela Voorhees running around Crystal Lake killing people still. Not going right. to lie. Definitely. And and in a, another interesting turn, we couldn't exactly follow our lead from the previous film, Alice, as the actress wanted to not she she agreed to reprise her role to an extent but did not want to be in it because she had a stalker oh so what do they do they yes have a, they have a scene with her being stalked at the beginning of the yes film. getting uh, getting a uh, lo- uh, phone call a stalking yeah. phone call and which is the only time jason uses the phone he uses the phone and apparently <laughs> he travels uh by bus too yeah like yeah. Can you imagine, like, being on that bus? It's a guy <laughs> with a bag on his head. Because this isn't, uh, they're not, because the Friday the 13th, the series, the camps and stuff, Crystal Lake is around the New Jersey area, and Alice is supposed to be far from there. I think he was all right on the bus, because he sat next to this kind old lady who just reminded him of his mother, and he was true. fine. True. That's true. But yeah. Maybe someone was a big Mom. fan of Elephant Man, so that's Mom. why they were okay sitting next to the bad guy. Right. But, but I mean, by making this decision to knock off Alice at the beginning, this this is a um, huge move saying, you know, not only like, you know, nobody is safe this time around, but there's no star in this movie bigger than the killer, Jason. That's mm-hmm. what it's announcing. Also, this is um, is this the first cat scare in cinema history or is this just somewhere in, in the early days? Alien, I think, is before this. Yeah. Alien okay. Cat okay. Scare. Did he bring his um was the head of his mom on the bus? Yeah, yeah. like yeah, he was, <laughs> maybe he had like a little lunch bag. I was thinking maybe a bowling bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was thinking. Like he's pretty lucky that no one stopped and, you know, asked him what he was doing because first of all, he's terrifying. I mean, look at the man. And then he's ha- carrying a bag of some nondescript item. I mean, you know, alarms are going off when you look at someone like that well maybe yeah maybe he did walk the whole way because there there is a, a between the opening scene and where our story takes place there's five years could have took, took him five years to walk there could have walked hmm. well he's not fat <laughs> he's not fast unless he's actually killing someone so of course right. he, he has not gained the powers of teleportation like he does in later movies right. <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about this movie's Jason. He's not quite the. He doesn't have the hockey mask yet. He's more of that kind of like redneck looking guy, and he's the town, the dreaded sundown, town, the dreaded sundown inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that inspired mask with like overalls and a pitchfork. Yeah, know? he's a he's a he's hermit Jason at this time. He's pretty scary yeah. looking with the with the mask on. It's a pretty it's, good look. 
it's probably one of my favorite, you know, iterations of Jason in many ways because it's it's a little it's less refined and maybe because of that a little more real. And I, that's that's what always haunts me about this movie. You know, there's that creepy ass cabin he's living in in the middle of the woods, and mm. yeah, he's just he's just sort of a loner and and sort of a redneck and probably just living off of the land and and yeah. Yeah, he's he's his history's retconned kind of in this one because in the yeah. original he was he was dead. Yeah, and, and now he's risen from the lake and grown up. Yeah, or, or was he or, dead? Well, his mother okay. had mistakenly thought he was dead or something like that they basically they turn it into a bit of lore with you know the campfire scene to talk about him mm-hmm. and, yeah and kind of you know make it so hey here's jason my fan fictiony idea is that he never died she just abandoned him and her guilt's <laughs> what made her do everything there you oh, go, yeah okay and so she she tells the story as though he died but he, he really never died she just left him somewhere that's why he's angry and you know when he sees her get killed so she's two kinds of of a villain then yeah she's sympathetic and like um like kind of a monster at the same in like for multiple reasons mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. sympathetic in that she has an illness but and you see that illness when she says kill her mommy kill her mommy you kind of see that like maybe there's something weird going on there and we get a you re- know and on the surface it seems you know exactly the way the movie sort of presents it but you know you could read into it a little more that maybe something else is going on and we get to remember all that at the beginning as well, because this was uh, a mm-hmm. movie shot before the big v- before VHS really took off. So, mm-hmm. and people, you know, had to be recapped on what happened in a previous film. You either had this movie on CED or you had it on nothing. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> they came, I think they came out with these on CED, didn't they? They did. They, they did, did. Yes. For younger people who check out these movies and are like, why are they recapping this? That's that's why. <laughs> why is there? Yeah. Why is eight minutes of my eighty-five minute movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, oh, it's good they're recapping it, and I thought this is going on for a little bit too long. It's movie. pretty much. It's almost the entire third act. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Of the first movie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it and it, it's it's that's good because then you can kind of tell people you don't really have to watch the first film. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this one kind of gives it all to you. Well, that's uh, a that's a beauty of Friday the 13th the series is I don't think it's a series where anybody's like strongly attached to the idea that the first one was the best. Yeah. The, the third act is really good. The rest yes. of the movie is just kind of for me it's just kind of Let's get through this. Yeah. Oh, when we did the commentary, we, you know, we hit so many parts. Where we're like, we're all just sort of like, man, this is this is not a good film. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it, but God. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the pacing is very slow in that first one. You're like, who's the killer? You go, I don't care. I don't care who the killer is. It's killing time. I know it's doing that. Other than that, I don't care. Well, and the killer reveals the biggest one of the biggest cheats. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm a person. Yeah, I find the second film to be an improvement on the first one. It's like the, you know, it's the first one again, but done better. Nowadays, we'd call it a soft reboot. Yes, a soft reboot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, you I... get a better killer. You get, uh, you know, some better deaths. You get a just better shot movie. I mean, they've got more money this time, but yeah, the characters are are better. I mean, there are a few Friday the Thirteenth where there are character development, and this one doesn't have a lot of it. But it has enough that you give kind of a crap about the people, the, at least some the of them. Per- yeah, the performances are 
mostly pretty good. You have you have some you have some talented people working in the in the second film. You get to the third movie and it's basically like, who are these people? Like what? Well, yeah. it's it's funny. The third film is like it's made by almost aside from the cast, the identical crew. Yeah, but yeah, it feels like different people made it. Yeah, it does. It, it has it, good cinematography. The third film, but we'll get for we'll get to that one in another podcast. Yes, that's we'll correct. <laughs> when the when the credits start for this, so a lot of the credits are the same in. Like all the Paramount ones are pretty black much screen same. with white type, yeah. One yeah. one name at a time. Yeah, and I always appreciate that. But what I one of the things I love when the you know the Friday the Thirteenth when the name comes up full to the screen. I think like in the first one it was like glass breaking, mm-hmm. and in this one there's like a like I, I couldn't remember what this one was, but it seems like Friday every time the Thirteenth explodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and there's always something different with it. When that happened, I screamed out like, "Fucking yes, let's do this movie!" <laughs> I was so excited. That's what that's what's missing in movies today: like a, an explosion, just just for the hell of it, <laughs> just because, just because. Freaking like, enjoy up. your title. <laughs> that's right. Right. All right. Those eight minutes are over. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> well, that it's first true. movie bullshit. It's time for for more killing. The second film has such a tighter pace. Yeah, you know, after after that scene, I mean, it is sort of a roller coaster. It's like beat, 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 and then bam, you're in the final act, basically. And uh, you know, because because I mean, half of the first act is flashback. Right. So once you get to the actual yeah. movie, you're you know, you've only got about seventy minutes left. Uh, one thing I like about this one is every single thing that they set up pays off. Mm-hmm. There's, yes, this it one's does. carefully calculated. There's little lines dropped. That will come back like later or help to make something make sense later. And I mean, they even have a part where like Jenny moves like a chainsaw from like outside and into a closet mm-hmm. early on in the movie. And it comes in handy when she's getting chased by Jason. It's like, oh, yeah, she put that there earlier. There's only one thing that doesn't pay off in this movie. Paul. <laughs> well, OK, so I guess there's two things yeah. that don't pay off in this movie. One of the, one of them is Paul. Uh, the other one is Bears. There's no oh. bears in this movie. No, they they talk about. Well, I think the idea is maybe Jason is the bear. Oh, is that yeah. what? <laughs> what yeah. Just, maybe we're it, just watching a movie where a bear with human hands is killing. <laughs> well, he was pretty hairy. Like, I I actually today I had the theory about Paul that they were they they didn't pull this off in the slightest, but that they were trying to imply that Paul was the killer, that uh, Jason yeah. didn't exist. And you know what? Because he's yeah. the one who tells them the story about Jason. And maybe from that point on, everything is everything is off because they went and they got really drunk and then they came back. And like, you know, it, I mean, it doesn't totally work just because there's people that were killed beforehand, or at least that's how we see it. But and that's why I think they that's why it doesn't make sense. I think that's what they were trying to imply. But they didn't have all the pieces and parts to prove that. Well, but also uh, it could help if like Jason did get Paul and took him away. He's missing. And the police would think, oh, it's not Jason. It was this Paul guy. We now yeah, have- something. Oh, anything. Yeah, that would have been good. But really, I think the actor quit the movie, didn't he? I don't know. Oh, I, that- I don't know. I think Paul, the actor Paul quit the movie or something. There was something discombobulated with the ending and and he's just not there and they had to do what they did prequel, oh, prequel. Well, well, yeah. i'm gonna remake it and do an entire movie about that i need a thing. i need a tie-in comic to explain i'm gonna get paramount to give me 250 million dollars to do it 
Friday yeah. the 13th, Paul 2. <laughs> Where's Paul? Where's <laughs> Paul? Yeah, the whole thing is about when uh, between what happens to Paul between when he's attacked by Jason at the end and when he jumps on Jason's back. Yeah, it's like okay, because he doesn't die. It doesn't. I don't know if there's a mark on him when like he attacks Jason at the very end of the movie. You know, he jumps up and goes, he screams out, "Jenny!" Like, well, where the fuck have you been, Paul? Like taking a snooze? Like, there's a murderer out there, buddy. Get on it. He had to poop really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had he to make like, sure oh, he had no blood on his crotch because of the bears. Yeah, <sighs> he had the beer shits. He'd been drinking all night. Yeah. Uh, it's also weird in that you could even do a scream style thing where uh, the first half of the killings are are the the kind of nerdy guy because the nerdy guy stays back at the bar. Right. And then, you know, Wes Craven rules and the nerdy guy who stayed back at the bar. Yeah, he's probably doing the killing in the second half when Paul's around. Uh, right. Right. It's it's yeah. Swap. There was there's a lot of stuff that I was thinking, like, if this was a whodunit, these some like this guy, this the people are getting set up for it. Yeah. Which do you think? I don't know. Was it just like, well, it was pretty clear that Jason was the killer in this movie from the advertising. I, yeah, yeah I, so, don't, I don't think that was ever part of the genesis. I think I think that was the idea maybe with the Paul finale was like somehow there was something going on with that. But but then it just, you know, how. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know why Paul would kill Alice at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, that was the well, case. That, that's really true. This doesn't make any sense. Well, there was, there was <laughs> your the ch- theory doesn't hold water at all. If it was the, it's screen- not really mine. It was just really kind of like a thought, right? Uh, if, well, mm-hmm. if there was a scream theory, it was when I remember when I was thinking this too. It was when Terry, her death, when she just runs up to the camera and goes, oh, like that yeah. would be like, oh, she's gone, and then turns out later she was either held hostage by the killer or was one of the killers, and they just bumped into each other and scared each other in the woods. Now, it's making me wonder when they shot the the sort of prologue of the film, because that could have been something that they added later to shore up the fact that, no, Jason's the one doing the killing in this movie. Something that that was tacked on when that actress became available and, you know, because they might I'm sure they went a while without her not sure what they're going to do. I think in the Crystal Lake Memories book, that was the first thing they shot and then they didn't start shooting the rest of it for like a couple months. Mm-hmm. That makes sense too. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah, it's we it's weird how the it's it's structured in a in a very similar way in that it could be a whodunit. And they then they leave you with this weird sort of thing at the end and that's a it's an odd odd thing for the movie to have done. The movie's pretty complete up until the very last scene. And that's kind of the way it is with a lot of them. Well, the first one's kind of like that. Part four is like that too, because the mom's just gone, well, and like, we know we yeah. know from the deleted scenes, you know what happened there. But she, you know, if we didn't, you know, if we didn't know that, we wouldn't know. You wouldn't know what was going on with her. Like the mom just disappears. Right. Yeah. A lot of a lot of these are supposed to kind of end on like, ooh, that was a spooky thing. But more or less, it's just kind of wait, what? Yeah. The first five all end on like some sort of note like that. But, but you guys, uh, you guys mentioned Terry. Um, I want to talk about Terry's outfit when we first see her. Uh, she's wearing the, the Mickey Mouse shirt. and But more importantly, she's wearing the shorts. Where the her, shortest shorts. <laughs> where yeah. her butt is just hanging out. And I thought, like, this is the only character that could uh, work in modern times. Because women are doing that again. Where, like, their butt cheeks are just, just the bottom yeah. of it. Just slightly hanging out. <laughs> It just, it just, it made me laugh, and I just thought, like, like, come on, like, Terry, what are you, what, what are you doing? Have some respect <laughs> for yourself. 
I mean, costume is not consent. I mean, I, I'm Cover all those right. cheeks up a little bit. I'm all right. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not upset. To, I, I enjoyed the view. No one's arguing that point. I mean, did you need I did you just, need I, Jeff to wear shorter shorts to even it out, or? Well, maybe. I mean, you know, turnabout's fair play. That would have, you know, I think that's only fair. She's she Terry is a feminist. She can wear whatever she wants. Did to you wear. see? I mean, the rock like, <laughs> like that thing bounced when he. Yeah. Yes, yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because well, we saw uh, her butt in full effect later in the movie when she does. <laughs> What, what, what seems like a stereotype now, just like, I better do some night swimming naked <laughs> by myself. Just totally alone. No big this deal. This is the perfect time exactly. for that. Yeah, swim with the buddy. It, may, forget it helps that. her to forget, mu- forget that Muffin is lost. <laughs> yeah, no crap. Why wasn't she out there looking for her dog? She didn't really like Muffin very much. Apparently not. She wasn't concerned at all. Like, She's like, I'm going to go for a walk. And then I think she may have called for the dog a couple of times. And then she's like, ah, screw it. And just, I'm going to get naked and get in the, the cold, cold water cold, by cold. myself. You know, Friday the 13th movies have the scariest water, right? Black like, and oh like. Oh, God, it's like, like black. Yeah, it's, it's like. Terrifying. You go in there yeah. N- yeah, and real. you die. No one's going to come looking for you. Like, ever. Yeah, another reason to not go swimming at night <laughs> in these <laughs> movies. But nothing happens to her in the water. She nothing. had one of those little things swim up in into her, and she's gonna have an infection. <laughs> if she didn't die by Jason's yeah. hands, an infection would have gone. Maybe that's how she died because we don't see how that's she dies. True. We see her oh, dead, her dead bodies later in Jason's shack. I I, I just like even when she's in the shack, we don't see how she's dead. She's just laying there. Like I don't think she even had blood on her. Did she's she? Got like discolored. She's like discolored. Yeah, she's she's a little like milky so she just had like a bad taco and just like <laughs> shit herself to death no i'm telling you jason that. jason just the... playing the long game he with her. her to death she had a weak heart <laughs> we saw her she went <gasps> that's what ne- that's what needs to happen there's more people with like uh like heart conditions in these movies and then they just die when they see jason he's like oh that was easy and he just keeps moving <laughs> on i want to see jason like attack a nursing <laughs> home <laughs> He's like, I gotta warm up. I gotta get my numbers back up. So he just goes through there and walks around and scares the hell out of everyone. Doesn't even attack them. Just walks through there. Mm-hmm. Like, do you smell rotten garbage? And then he walks through the door and then they just mm-hmm. die from fright. One of Jason's other vi- victims is uh, Sandra. At-, at this time, in this movie, she's probably important because of her rack, but she later <laughs> becomes important because she- she's later connected to a character in the fourth film. Named Rob, who's yeah. searching for his his oh, lost they... sister, who's been lost for like three days, dead for like three days by the time that happens. But yeah, it seems like he's been yeah, looking it, for it, months, it, it, and she's just <laughs> yeah. been dead for like three days. But you know, it, it, the movie that that movie acts as if like that amount of time had passed, but it's really this this movie kicks off a trilogy that goes like day to day to day like it's like a four or five day killing spree for jason and it starts here and sandra sandra's yeah. killed in this one and uh not the next movie but the following one will have her brother out searching for her yeah this is the only one that actually with, takes place on friday with, the with paper clippings that look aged but they can't be a day or two old <laughs> yeah like what do you do you live in a house with a lot of mold why is the paper so yellow but yeah she she and her her boyfriend that looks like blonde John Travolta. 
I thought he looked like Bon Jovi. Oh, yeah. There's a Bon Jovi. Yeah, I can see the Bon Jovi. I mean, he's from New Jersey, right? So that works. They're a uh, nothing couple, but she's just curious about Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, yeah. You know know that relationship wasn't going to last much longer past the film anyway. That uh, relationship is uh, strictly for scrumping. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sandra is about to enter her, you know, discovery phase. (laughs) Probably going to hook up with Terry for a little while. Sure. Yeah. And was was maybe gonna flirt around with Ted um, <laughs> before all Ted was picking. Ted picking was gonna. Jason. Ted was gonna no find one, her in a weak moment. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants Ted. <laughs> Ted doesn't want Ted. Ted. Ted just swoops in after Terry breaks right. breaks her heart. Um, <laughs> and Sandra's death can lead us to another interesting topic. They it was cut by the MPAA, but her and her boyfriend are having some of the awesome teenage Friday the 13th sex and Jason takes a spear and kebabs them, which is identical to a kill that you do see in a movie called Bay of Blood, also known as Twitch of the Death Nerve. It's a Mario Baba film from the seventies, which they, they claim, you know, is, you know, the film that inspired all the Friday the 13th movies. But aside from this kill and some like their locations are on a lake is, have you seen, Bay of Blood, Randy. Do, yes. Do you yeah, think they really were just borrowing the heck out of it, or just coincidental? Because um, I could see more than one person coming up with the kebab thing. But. I I feel like I feel like the people who did the effects for Friday Thirteenth Part Two, not yeah. Tom Savini. Yeah. I I feel like they had a I feel like they didn't do a very good job in general, and I would not be surprised to find out they felt some inspiration. I think the reason why we haven't seen the footage is probably less about the gore and more about it not looking yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because like when anyone like gets like cut in this movie, I should say anyone, but many of the kills, like with the machete, like when someone gets like slit in the neck or, or something like that, the angle is completely different <laughs> from where the blade is. Yeah. Well, and they they cut away a bit too, and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. The, I think that you know the gore overall. You know, you, I think you see more action with the gore in this one, but the the overall look of it looks better in the first one. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Well, I, still, yeah. In terms of look, yeah. Well, like, yeah. The, I think the first the first one's probably a bit more mm-hmm. brutal. This is just like, well, they're dead. You get the idea, and then it kind of moves on. But I will say, what I do like is when some with some of the kills, um, like the screen kind of zooms in and like fades, like to you know blinding white. I, I I do like that. I think that's a pretty neat effect. It, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of disorienting and creepy. I think that works for the film a lot. Like a lot of people, a lot of fans, they get mad every time these come on home video, and they're like, not uncut. Ugh. Not you know I'm not buying it till they do uncut. It's like they can't make these lost scenes just magically appear. Yeah, the movie's thirty years old. It's very possible it's, it's just been thrown I mean, out. John Carl Beekler, who did Seven, has told people it's destroyed. It's gone, and they still get mad every time it's not uncut. Like they didn't think of Blu-rays, DVDs, and that stuff back then, and these were cheapies. Well, I think people got used to seeing that footage surface. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they they hope they hope and long that somewhere in a closet, some in some place, someone right. has that footage and will, will resurrect it. And some of it, some of it, I from what I understand, some of it is Paramount just isn't releasing it. They just they have it gotcha. and they just aren't releasing it, um, which is pretty you know it's pretty well known with like Part Four 
And I think part seven are the ones that that were like the footage does I think well, exist. Part four, doesn't is, it? I part think, four is, I think least... is part four is, uh, is available and it just was missing audio. Yeah. So they can't reinsert it yeah. into the movie. And then part seven's only existing copy is a VHS tape. It feels like there's yeah, it probably doesn't exist, but people people hope yeah. for that chance. But you I can't think that's blame a studio being... if they just can't find it or don't have it like you know it's not their fault Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, because they they did release uncut part one which is just like like... kevin bacon's death which looks worse (laughs) uncut yeah Yeah. which is again why you know one of the other reasons why they they always i think they aim high with the with the gore and then you know scale it back and they kind of know that there's that sort of trigger point where it, it stops looking real and starts looking like a cheesy right. gore effect. And usually that's where the, the scene gets cut anyway. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, they'll usually do like what Wes Craven would do where he like the first cut of the movie would be the goriest possible rendition of it so that everything else after didn't look as bad to the MPAA. But yeah, the kills in this movie are, they're all right. Yeah. 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 That's. I mean, <laughs> we're, yeah. We're I mean, you're right. right. Not, Underwhelmed. This yeah, one, yeah. This one's not going to win in the in the gore battle with the Friday the Thirteenth series, but I think where it does have a leg a bit is suspense and characters are are well done, where it makes up for that fact with the gore, including mm-hmm. uh, Ginny, our final girl in the film, which I is I think a majority of the fan base's favorite final girl of all the Friday the Thirteenth mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, she's. she's um... Yeah, well-rounded i mean they she, have she's... everything there she's not a goody two shoes she's kind of normal i mean she's sleeping with paul she's you know tardy to getting there but and she's a psychology major a child psychology major which comes into play she uh, she's a she's a thinker she doesn't freak out i mean who would think to put on the pamela Voorhees sweater and act like uh jason's child mother psychology major Jason, mother is talking to you. Come on. Come on. That's my boy. Come. Kneel down. That's the boy. That's right. Exactly. Her, her relationship with Paul is really odd. It, it always strikes me as something because he's sort of weirdly controlling of her from like the moment she shows up and is really dismissive of her like at the bar when she's talking about the legend and he's just like, oh, quit it with your psychological mumbo jumbo kind of thing. And it's it's a weird I'm like stuck on. The ball <laughs> <here>. <laughs> <laughs> like, what were they trying to do with that? Or, or I wonder, was that something the actors were trying to come up with or, you know, because I'm some of these people were actual, you know, they were young up and coming actors like Juilliard actors yeah. and stuff. People are, you know, in the area. And so I could see them sitting down being like, what am I doing this? What is my character? What the hell is my character? <laughs> No, I'm sure there's all kinds of background to all these characters that we never know. Like we do hear um, the, the one background story we do hear is from uh, Mark, but I think that's just because he's in a wheelchair. So it's like, well, what's going on there? So that's why he tells the story. Of how because why he's we in a can't wheelchair. just accept that he's in a wheelchair. We gotta know why. Exactly, and also you know what? It's a uh, one of the few horror movies that has a uh, disabled person. So good for them, I, like, I guess. Like, That's yeah, something different. The original different. Texas Chainsaw Massacre had a person in a wheelchair who mm-hmm. they also killed. Which I think it's a big step to kill a wheelchair guy, right? Yeah, 
I, yeah, I, it's a weird step. Um, it's a good. I mean, it's my favorite kill in the right. film. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah yep. I think so. Coming down the stairs. I mean, and it's, it's got spooky. that white flashing it's light spooky. that Colin was just mentioning. Spooky and weirdly hilarious all at the same time. <laughs> it's got everything for it. It just needed like a pair of boobs like right before it, and then like this <laughs> is everything. This yeah, is the, the guy was death. just this about. Like he was huge. finding some love at camp, and I know that's what makes it sad. That's why it's the best death. You feel something for the poor guy. Like he's in a wheelchair, but you know everything still works apparently, and he's about ready to get laid, and then he dies. Yeah, but he had to share a room with Teddy though. That was his yeah. Poor guy. God. Yeah, that's even worse. Poor. Oh, it sucks. But also the way he dies, I don't understand how Jason snuck up on him because it's just like because he's just sitting right in his chair, looking straight forward. And then the, the machete comes in, like, right in front of him. I don't know how he missed that. Yeah. As clumsy as this Jason is. <laughs> yeah, this is the clumsiest <laughs> Jason. first night out. In, of all night of out, you know? He's... Well, that's probably why he's bald on the other ones. He had to shave all that hair to get it out of his eyes, probably, right? right? Like yeah, did he go resistance. to a barber? I want to do a short film where Jason goes to a barber in between Friday the 13th, Part 2 well, and if 3. You look, it, because he is on the run, you know. Maybe he was like, "I got." Well, get in my part haircut. three, we have a flashback that takes place before part two, and he's bald. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe after that, he thought he would he'd get recognized, so he he grew it out to va- avoid the police. <laughs> like, I hope that girl never shows and up. And she does. He's like, she's got to rem. You know, I want her to remember me. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I, I would love if Jason went to a barber after this because he has an enormous shoulder wound. <laughs> it's just oozing you... blood. Yeah, exactly. He's got a machete that came in, I don't know, eight inches into his body. <laughs> <laughs> he just sits down and he's like, Sewing this up. The, bar- yeah, the barber's like, This is Sewing it up. It's going to cost a dollar ninety nine. What do you guys think of this end of Jason? You know, every movie's got to have like some way to get rid of the killer for, for one movie. How's this one hold up? It, they he doesn't go away. It's just he's just not shown anymore. He kind of gets away well, yeah. in this movie. I mean, he gets he gets. I mean, he gets. I Good. mean, just a machete in the shoulder. Was he, that, he... I mean, this is early in the slasher cycle. I mean, we're in like year two of like yeah. the high high end things. And Jason's. I mean, you don't want to. You can't definitively kill him, but yeah. But even an eight inch wound that would split through his sternum or not yeah. his sternum, his mm-hmm. collarbone. Yeah. Even that doesn't stop him from jumping through a window and grabbing a woman. I also like nothing will stop him. I love earlier in the movie when when uh, Ginny is hiding under the bed and there's the rat. Yes, and yeah, and and despite her being chased by a homicidal maniac that has chopped apart her friends and loved ones, the rat makes her. Yes, that was a bridge too far for Jenny. Was the rat also? Probably buzzed or a little drunk leaving the bar. Yeah. Well, she, she must have been just full of piss because it pools out from underneath the bed, which means her jeans were already absorbed all of it. It is a, that's a lot of piss. amount of pee. It is. That's a lot of pee. You know, it's I like think... someone like walked up with like a beaker of piss and just poured it on the ground. <laughs> There's so much. You know what of they it. missed that opportunity. Would Paul saves her and they go back to that cabin? They should have been like. Piss? Did he pee <laughs> on you? Did he? Yeah. Yep. 
He just <laughs> peed on me. Yeah, he's yeah. It was really weird. He got he pulled it out and just whoo, all over me. So don't ask any more questions about it though. Right <laughs> on my it. pants, my crotch area, and everything. <laughs> At least I didn't menstruate, so he, we're and safe. And after that, he goes. Now it looks like you peed your pants. <laughs> <laughs> You better clean that up because there's bears yes. in there. <laughs> and then a bear jumps through the window and kills them. <laughs> I wish all of these movies, no bears, buckets of blood. But they're, they're, apparently bears aren't attracted uh, to blood that much because you know, there should just be a bear massacre. That's what just, these movies should be renamed. It's just dawning on me that that Jason in this movie without his his potato sack over his head uh kind of looks like man bear pig from right, uh, South right Park. yeah <laughs> yeah it does maybe he was the inspiration for man bear pig he might have been <laughs> speaking of man bear pig let's talk about teddy Ugh. this guy mm. history's greatest monster Stu charno <laughs> the, there there are few characters in uh, these movies where i've wanted a person dead more um <laughs> But, but, but like like just from seeing them, you like just like immediately, and I, I saw him. I'm like, God, I want this guy to fucking get it. Just, I want like Jasons to come out to stab him with like a shiv and just keep walking. And it's like I'll get to the rest of you later. I just that guy's annoying, right? I just had to take care of him. All right, I'll see you tonight. Like I, I would have been fine with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got that laugh and. Uh, he, yeah, there's. Yeah, Jason, Jason, like, you know, the next movie, he'll pick up a hockey mask from the dork. He didn't even want anything to do with this guy's mask that he sits down. <laughs> who, who is more irritating, Ted or Shelly from part three? Because mm. both both of them wear masks Sh- to try to scare people. Shelly, I think, is is worse because because Ted, I, I I feel like Ted, his performance is more natural. Is more is more in line with just like the way he is. He's like he's just a goofy guy, and he comes off as this really goofy character. But Shelley is just a fucking downer. <laughs> he's just like everybody hates me. It's like bringing like Eeyore with you. Like it's just annoying as shit. And he's just like I don't I don't everybody doesn't doesn't like me because I'm fat. It's just like, shut up, smoke a joint with them and have a fucking good time. Like, everyone hates you because you're not funny. Why did they even bring you on this trip? Why are you friends with these people? <laughs> exactly. Whose friend are you? I don't believe that for a second. I don't. Someone's I don't just, like cousin or something. Yeah. I just, I don't not only believe that you're not friends with them. I don't believe you're friends with anyone because you're so uninteresting and irritating. He's the the human equivalent of a urinary tract infection. Yeah, but he gave Jason his Ted, mask. Ted at least. Yeah. yeah. Ted, Ted at least is just quirky and weird and goofy and and annoying. Um, but he's not in the movie that long, and uh, that helps. But he's open for a yeah. return. <sighs> Maybe that's what happened to Paul. Ted, well, Ted I just see came like by a, and picked him up, took him home. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, Ted likes to party. When when they were at the yeah, bar, that... and asked one of the locals like, "Hey, is there an after hours place?" You know, he he, he was ready to keep going. That so, bar, good that for bar. Ted, that guess. is one of the like weirdest things in a Friday the Thirteenth movie. It actually reminds me of the bar in Jaws. Oh, too. yes, There's a bar that the kids go to, and it reminds me of that bar so much. With the I don't know why, music but it does. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, it's just. 
it does seem unusual for There's the area. Like but with the first two movies, they're actually they're filmed in New Jersey and filmed in that same little town and have that little feel. Feel after this, they moved to California, but mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, they actually start. They use the little town more in the first two, and yeah, that's just. I don't know. I've always, that bar scene is just really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is weird because it it splits up camper or well, camper the counselors. I guess there's. I don't think there's any of the other movies that really do that. It's anyone you see is like up for grabs for getting killed. Whereas in this one, like half of the counselors are just yep. safe. <laughs> they're not even like. They're not even up for grabs at all because they're nowhere near Jason. Mm-hmm. And, and and also, what what do you think went through those the minds of those uh, counselors when they went back to the the camp the next day? Like, holy shit! <laughs> I'm really glad we went for that beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, how about what about yeah. Paul who made those people stay? Yeah, I was just about to say, Paul might be wanted for uh, some kind of that might be a crime of some sort that Paul just committed. That's, he's on the run at the end because like, he realized that. Why did those that. people have to yeah. stay? Like there was no kids there yet. <laughs> well, because like, they they were oh. being punished for you know sneaking into Jason's territory. You could argue that you know sneaking into Jason's territory is what yeah. launched it Two all in of the first them place. Did and then but Jason you... was like, "There's people over there. Oh man, <laughs> I guess I'll have to kill them. them. Yeah. Damn it! I really hate killing people, but I gotta do it." It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday the thirteenth. That's the you day. Know, you know how you find uh, Jason's shack? You find that significant large puddle in the ground that is very important <laughs> to the movie. They like to show it a lot. Yes, It'll, it looks like it's the right. edge of a lake until they step in it. Like, oh, it's it's just a puddle. It all comes down to that puddle. Like, so many people step in it, trip in it. Like, every shot has to mm-hmm. let you know it's there. It's like, oh, oh, we must be getting to Jason's shack. <laughs> yeah, that's probably Jason's piss puddle. You know what Steve Miner is, like, excellent at? Speaking of, you know, Jason's shack and, like, chasing and stuff. He's, he's excellent at, like, with this and the third one is his showing Jason in the background coming after somebody. He's yes. Yeah, he's that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Or the finale with the door closing and that you can see him in the window. Right. Of the door. And, yeah. And yeah. he does it again in the third one too. He, he yeah, mm-hmm. he can direct a chase yeah. pretty good. Yeah. That was the scariest part of the movie for me when Jenny goes to Jason's shack and you just like, she's just looking around like this place is creepy. And then it's not even like the main focus of yeah. the shot. And it's not, but it, but it's also not like hidden in the in the background. It's not that subtle. It's just this interesting mix between the two, where you know she just happens to see him running towards the cabin. That's scary as hell. And then she's like, "Here's this person that is clearly out to murder me, and I'm on his turf. I know nothing about this rickety shack, and he knows everything about it certainly. And it's just it's just I don't know. It's just with scary a as hell. Head with that. candles around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You go from, you know, nightmare man coming at you to a, a severed head. With Terry's dead body. It reminds me a, yeah. reminds me a bit of the uh, finale of uh, Aliens right, in a way. Yeah. The thematic sort of being chased towards something, and then you turn around and you're like, oh, there's something way worse behind me. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, that, that shrine is like, oh, shit, I'm in the hornet's nest right. now. Yeah. This, this is it. This is where he lives. I'm screwed. That was a good twist for that revelation to come and toward the end with the head and stuff. 
I do kind of wish they did the eye open thing because they were, they were originally in the the very last thing is, you know, it was going to zoom in on the the head of uh, Mrs. Voorhees and her eyes were going to open. Uh, it bums me out yeah, actually that they cool. didn't go with that. I don't understand why they, they didn't think that was cool. And, well, they sit on the shot for so long, you expect the eyes to open. Like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And then it just fades to black. Like, oh, I guess it's over now. It's a really strange thing. But I don't really understand why they creatively thought that that would be any weirder than just having Paul disappear. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, we already have a really confusing thing happening in the and finale when, of this. <laughs> and when they recap it in the next one, it would have launched the disco theme like perfectly. Oh, you're yeah. right. That's the best. That's the best thing about the third movie. <laughs> best. I want to see that one in 3D again. I'm so happy to see Jaws 3D coming to Blu-ray. Now I just want to see Friday 13. I watched it with the red and blue, and it's not too bad for the red and blue. Yeah. It's not what people wanted, but there was... I mean, not to talk about it too much, but there was the shot where Tommy Trong goes and uh, turns the power back on, and Jason in the background (laughs) was actually really effective. and like Maybe one of the most effective red and blue 3D scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, it would be nice if they could do it the real way. But... No one cares about 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Except for me. I love it. I love 3D. But So, uh, overall, do you guys find this one better than the previous film? Yes. <laughs> yes. I... I was I was never bored with it. I was I was always super into it. A lot of the things that we watch for the show are they're pretty they're pretty fun, and then like the last like twenty minutes, like just end already. This I, I didn't feel like that at all with this. I was I was in it the whole time. It was, a, it was a blast. I think it's it's an odd thing because you because the first one is so different in a lot of ways. It's more of a thriller. It's you know it, it has slasher moments, but it has more of that. It does sort of have that a sort of Italian horror kind of vibe to it. And I think if you were to remake that film with more pathos to the characters, you could you could actually make a better movie out of the first one than you could probably the second film. But as it stands now, the second film is without a doubt a masterpiece compared to the first. Film. Yeah, I, I agree too. There's an uptick in production value, better direction. I guess the acting could probably flip a coin. It just, yeah, it, it just all in all works better than I think. The, I think the effects crew was probably better on the first one, but mm-hmm. this, yeah, this one, all in all, pacing, uh, cinematography, like everything, works quite a bit better. Does anyone uh, know the exact kill count for the movie? I do not offhand. It's not double digits. I know that. I want to say it's like maybe eight or nine. I'm sure it's somewhere in the It is. It is nine, maybe ten. Mm-hmm. Are you including well, the no, dog? We, we no, have, the dog lived. Paul. Never mind. We don't know. Well, I mean, I mean, just in the not in the kill count is maybe. I, I mean, just period. There but, are nine uh, no, that, confirmed that, that kills, broken, and then there's yeah. Paul, who we don't know what happened to him. And we still don't know what happened to what um what Terry or no, Terry's Tracy dead. or whatever. We, yeah, we no 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 we know she's we dead. We don't know we how don't she know killed, why. Yeah, she got killed, but she yeah she, she's Dysentary. dead and uh, she's in Jason's yeah, yeah. Jason's shack. So I'm assuming Jason killed her for, for saving. Yeah, just for for eating later. I don't know what the hell she's there for. What, what cracks me up about this movie is that some of the bodies. Um, he kills them and then he puts them somewhere else, like uh, oh, yeah, Jeff's Jeff. body. You know. <laughs> He decorated. Yeah, like you know, he, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. He runs, you know, them through with with the spear in the bed, and then, like, like after they're done, he's like, "Well, now what do I do with them?" 
You know, it's like, like, wait that's, a minute. I like, I know what I'll do. This will freak them out. So it's like hangs yeah. from the hangs them on the wall. That's like a trope that you see in in the, I think at least two more of the films. I like he must draw it out somewhere. You know, he's sitting at home before, like, okay, how am I gonna do this? Okay, I'm gonna need to kill them here, but I'm gonna have to move them over here. But that means I'm gonna have to move this one body in the closet so that when she runs up the stairs, she opens the closet, that body falls. And then she runs to the bedroom, and that body's gonna fall down and hang on top. And it's going to be really scary for I like, It's like, And then he executes his plan. He's like, I like perfection. in uh, part four, he blocks a door with Crispin Glover's body. He like nails it to like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nails his legs and his, his, his wrist to the doorway. Mm-hmm. It's like he's Kevin McAllister, but with dead bodies. Yep. Pretty much. Now we, we've got a uh, list of um, stuff, <laughs> stuff to go through. I asked everybody um, some of their favorite things from the movie, and we have like our favorite kill. What was I think we all agreed um, wheelchair the... Mark, did we? Mm-hmm. Early early on in the podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I was going to say the old man. Because oh, Crazy a... Ralph, yeah. They're our, our returning character. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say... Too. Him because I, I, I hate him uh, because he says, like, oh, you kids, you shouldn't be around here. You should, you should get out. It's dangerous or, or whatever the hell. He, he doesn't even it's not even helpful what he says. He's just like, you kids are stupid. You're going to die. And I, yeah. yeah and, I, and I just thought, like, well, why do you live here, asshole? What's so great about this town that you wouldn't risk your life to live here? And I'm glad that he ate it. He uh, later came back and it, narrated what, the opening of Seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's weird that they killed him so early on because they could have played the red herring thing with him for a while and they didn't. Well, they were like, "Oh no, they killed Crazy uh, Ralph. Nobody's safe." Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you you killed the star of the last film. That's all you needed to do, guys. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't even write down that his name was Crazy Ralph. I wrote down Harbinger because that's what he I is. I also like the uh the police officer getting a uh, hammer spike in the head that was cool yeah after that incredibly long run to uh, after nothing <laughs> like, like we don't see like what he's chasing, chasing. well i mean we assume he's chasing jason but we don't see jason like he, we just see him go like hey and then he's running through the woods for like two minutes and by the way there's no way that guy could run for two yeah. minutes that is not <laughs> a fit man that that guy couldn't run like on a like on a flat piece of pavement much less the woods like at one point like he kind of like bends over like you should have been bent over about about 30 seconds into this run what what unfortunately you know the unfortunate problem of 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 crystal lake is that it has a really really just a very serious problem with meth and and it's right down to even the police (laughs) and so he was just you know, he was just enjoying the sticky Jesus and was off into Never Neverland when he was running toward Jason's cabin. <laughs> he didn't even feel his death. It's okay. Yeah. Well, he probably saw the cabin. Was like, "Hey, I can get more meth," and then he started running. Yeah, when he saw Jason run across the street, he actually saw a rainbow kitten right. unicorn flying across the street. <laughs> he chased after it. You come back. I want your lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> what was our pick for? Would you pick for weakest kill? Terry, Terry, that's what I got too. Terry, yeah, because you don't see it at all. It's just you get to again, see all of her, dysentery. but you don't get to see her die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was your um, one of your funniest moments or lines in the film? 
Hmm. Um, my favorite line was when she is clearly pushing hard on uh, onto Mark. Like it's clear that she is thirsty for it, and she says, "I just want your fingers." <laughs> I mean, she's talking about the the game, but like when she says that, Mark goes like, "What?" <laughs> Which is a natural response, yeah. honestly. She also like, drops holy... like, "Is is that the one with the?" Punk? Yeah, yeah. And they stare yeah, at each other for like a second. That, yeah. It's like, oh. That that whole scene is just her like, "I want some it's part of heat. you, pure heat, on or in me." Yeah, it is. What's, that is and a... what's awesome is the 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 guy Tom McBride who played that character was was gay in yeah. real life, and and mm-hmm. if you if you play it with the idea that maybe Mark is actually gay in the movie, the fact that it's falling so flat. <laughs> is actually really funny because he's just like not getting not picking up on it (laughs) yeah she's giving him the full court press i mean short of just like opening his pants and she's she's ready one of my favorite lines is actually comes from ted uh when they're in the bar after everyone leaves and he asks if there's any after night you know after after hour clubs and the guy's like yes and then he imitates the guy as he's walking away (laughs) uh is one of my favorite little moments I, i liked um in the heat of the moment with Jenny and Paul coming back to search the premises with the power out and all that, and Paul picks up a joint, and he's like, oh, these kids smoke better dope than I do. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of random with that. Uh, who was the biggest douchebag in the film? The guy uh, who is sexually harassing no. Terry. <laughs> yes, yeah, Scott. Was, no, Scott. Scott. It, it doesn't. Je- no. <laughs> I recommend you guys look up uh, the guy who played Russell Russell Todd is his name because he has some kind of hilarious bodybuilding type pictures on his oh, uh, on his IMDb I know he was page. In, I think he was in He Knows You're Alone as well. He was in like the movie within a movie Ooh. in that. So he's been mm. in two slashers. Yeah, yeah, boy in yep. car. But yeah, he's just uh, he's not the biggest douchebag of the Friday the 13th series. He, I, don't, I don't even know if he's well, he might be top 10, but. Well, he has to be. There's not that many of them, but he's a most huge... of them are in the remake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a he's a huge tool, and also uh, the way he died, I was kind of surprised because it was um, like a trap, mm-hmm. and like I don't think you know I'm I'm probably wrong here, but I don't remember Jason using any traps until the remake, honestly, other than this one. That this rope trap, you know, that uh, wraps around his uh, foot and he hangs upside yeah. down. I don't remember any other traps. So, I, and I think that that remake was trying to kind of pay homage to the second film and seemed to be really tied to the second film in, in a lot of ways and in, in in how it structured the kind of how it structured its plot, but was also the the, uh, the long terrible. prologue before the thing gets started. <laughs> the twenty yeah. minute prologue. Oh my god. Well, it borrows Bad. a lot of stuff Bad. from the first four movies because well, it has it the thing like where... Yeah. Mostly, yeah. setup-wise, feels mostly a remake of four. And, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, like, you know, the people at the, the house staying the weekend with the guy looking for his sister. Weird to start with that. Weird to start with, like, the... not Because we haven't really done, like, a camp. I want to see a fully functioning there was, camp. Uh, six yeah. at a camp. Well, yeah, six, yeah. six does mm-hmm. it. But it's very brief in yeah. part six. I want to see a whole movie with you know just just to up the up the odds to have like camp you know kind of like Jurassic World the park is open this time there the are more be open camp attendees Jason... in the burning and the sleepaway camp movies than there is yeah. any Friday the Thirteenth which is was all about camp yeah which is why I like those movies because yeah. they're they're refreshing 
<laughs> I think you're the only person to call those oh, movies I, I refreshing. Yeah, Burning's awesome and mm, what yeah. Burning's awesome. Well, I mean, I just mean like Sleepaway oh, Camp. Like, like, mm, what a what a what a crisp flavor this. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, I love Sleepaway Sleep, Camp yes. Two. Is I was like, just telling Cullen this Sleepaway I, Camp Two is awesome. It's hilarious because <laughs> it's kind of a spoof of of all of the kind of camp movies while mm-hmm. also having the most cheery psychotic <laughs> killer ever. Yeah. Yeah. And three tries uh, to keep doing more she, of the same, but it's tiring out by then. Yeah, it yeah. was good for one movie, and and part two is I Viola. That's my yeah. favorite in the Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, like the second one, she's full of Zoloft or or something. Anybody have a bigger douche bag? Other douchebag candidates, Randy? I think Paul is actually kind of a douchebag. Yeah. Because he's very he's very possessive of of uh, Terry in the beginning, and you get a sense that she's she's responding to it, but kind of not. And it it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Like I, when I watched the movie last, I was just like, I don't, I don't know how I like. I don't think I like Paul very much. Yeah, he's a. <laughs> We've had a, a lot of ta- Paul conversation during this because. I think I think he's the killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's probably only hanging out with him because he had weed. Apparently, and he, and he got her the job. I feel like he got her the job, and that's and I feel like they had like a some sort of one night standy kind of thing that he thought was a relationship, and she thought was a one night stand. And then, oh shit, he's the one who's hiring her to be the camp counselor, and he's expecting them to just be boyfriend and girlfriend. And she's very kind of she like responds to him, but is also putting him in his place a lot. It's 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 interesting. I, I found that him to be. Again, that felt a little bit like actors trying to flesh out their characters right. a little more. I also had mm-hmm. Paul, and I would like to point to the moment where the uh, police guy is ratting on the the two kids for going into the, the you know the territory, and he's the outfit he's wearing. I'm like, yep, that's it, douchebag. He's got like that hat and that really tight shirt on, and it's like, yeah, yeah, that Yankees right. hat that doesn't fit yeah. right. It's like, uh, yeah, blonde hair protruding out of it. So yeah, and Paul. Who um another category the friend zone who who would you want to be friends with from this movie if anybody um I'd be I'd be friends with Mark I think he's a, he's he's a nice guy um he's gonna uh, attract uh, he's he's a good looking dude that's gonna attract a lot of attention because he's in the wheelchair so he'd he'd be a good uh, we could be each other's wingman that'd be pretty awesome and if he's actually gay. Then that's more for me, <laughs> so it's even better. There, there you go. go. There you go. It's a nice, positive person. I'm gonna go crazy, oh, Ralph. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> that guy has yeah. some stories, and my, <laughs> most of them are all like with him saying, "You're all doomed." But you never know. I mean, Crazy Ralph may take you places you're not expecting to go. So, uh-oh. I imagine him asking for uh, a lot of loans that never are going to get paid back. <laughs> yeah. Uh- um, and then my probably a close second would be Jason because I feel like Jason needs a friend. Just, I had friend. Uh, I had Ginny as uh, the person because she's interesting, but I, you know she's cute. But I don't think she's the type of girl you'd want to date at all. But yeah. but she'd be interested yeah. to be friends with some good conversation stuff like that. And she proven the bar. Who who was your uh, your crush from the movie? Mm. Um, I would Toss. say who. who? I w- well, it's a toss between who's the one who Vicky. hits on Mark? Is that is that Vicky? That's Vicky. It's a toss between Vicky, Sandra, yeah. and Terry. I had I Vicky think, for mine. 
Vicky's the one that I'm like, when she starts hitting on him, I start being like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm like I'm getting a little fluttery right now. Uh, yeah. Whereas the other girls are just, they're very beautiful. So yeah, maybe Vicky would do that. Yeah. I picked uh, Vicky because she is ready <laughs> and I find that to be very attractive. <laughs> Wow, I want you know. I wonder. That's that seems that's a surprising that all three Vicky, of us would yeah. have Vicky. I, yeah. <laughs> just because because Sandra is is so well known for um yeah, her you assets. Have boobs and, McGee. You have and then you have <laughs> rock hard body and then you have the you know sporty girl blonde cute blonde and we all went for Vicky. Yeah, we all went for the girl who wore the the. And satin then we panties. we all and we all forgot <laughs> Alice was in the film. <laughs> Yeah. Eh, I didn't. It's fine. No, it's it, there's something very yeah. attractive about a, a woman that like she knows what she wants. She looks kind of normal and... too. Like she's she is herself. Yeah. Like that's that's mm-hmm. the thing about her. She's, yeah. She's herself, and she kind of has that uh, Margot Kidder. Um, oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Karen Allen. Karen Allen. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. She she there's that like that that 70s 80s vibe that a lot of there's like this sort of style of girl that exists in that era this girl fits and we get to see her in a private moment where like she has her most person she has personality protruding terry's private moment is Mm -hmm. just like um okay i'll get in the occasionally occasionally having a southern accent right talks because she she randomly like has a twang in her accent every once in a while even though she's like norwegian or something (laughs) yeah vicky like runs off like to go like get ready to do stuff and like she puts on a sweater and <laughs> panties, and that's all she's wearing. And you like, know Sandra's going to want to do it, like, you know, in Jason's place, like on top of a dead body or something. Like, <laughs> it, Is she the yeah. first person in uh, film history to spray herself in a certain area with perfume? Maybe. Hmm. Certainly with satin panties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully it's not like some sort of oily thing that she sprayed down there. It's just going to look like she pissed <laughs> <Is> herself. She... <laughs> He gets down there and he's like, "Whoa, okay, all right." So, and she she gross. also gets a, a uh, she has to be the one to find dead bodies and also gets a disappointing death herself. Not the most disappointing in the movie as we discussed, but yeah. we just see a knife head there. to her, her stomach, lower region. Yeah, she just she's just pressed up against the wall. I guess she's in shock, but yeah. still. And that's yeah, she gets the reveal of Jason in her scene too. Mm-hmm. So. Who was your biggest disappointment? The person you wanted to see get killed and didn't, if there was one. Ted. Ted. Yeah, that's what Ted. I had to. I had Ted. I think I think seeing Ted get his head stepped on and his eyeballs come out would have been very satisfying. I feel so bad for this this actor, Stuart Charno yeah, or whatever. He's in Christine. Yeah. Which in which he also didn't die, but died in the deleted scenes. Yeah, with, with Ted, it was I went from zero to why isn't he dead? Like as soon as I saw him, had that laugh. Oh, that anvil should have should have just dropped on his head. That would have been perfect. The guy kind of looks a little bit like a Muppet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very Muppet look to me. Maybe he is a Muppet. He's just hiding in plain sight. <laughs> when you mentioned that the everything pays off in this, my my favorite thing that pays off in this movie is the car that mm. Jenny drives mm-hmm. when she gets there and they say, hey, move that car. Like, okay, and it doesn't start. It doesn't start again near the end of the movie when she's being mm-hmm. chased. And I think that's really good that with other slasher movies, a, a car just doesn't start just because. 
But this is something actually like they established and it pays off that sometimes it starts, sometimes it doesn't. They don't make a big thing about it, mm-hmm. but it's just when it happens, you think, oh, that's right. That did happen earlier in the movie. This sucks for her. So I think that's really <laughs> it was that was great. I thought it was a really good job on their part. It's a good it's a good launching board for fans if they're looking for something to see a little bit different version of Jason, but to see all the the beginnings of the tropes of the Friday the 13th franchise um, executed with some, you know, nihilistic perspective in that, you know, it kills the people you would least expect for it to kill. And it lets the nerdy guy survive and Paul mysteriously disappears. It, it's it's um. interesting. <laughs> when you see the Friday the 13th movie, there's an expectation that comes with them and you still don't fully get it with this one because you know you go in the first one and i was always i was one of those people when i first saw the first friday the 13th it was a shock to me that jason wasn't the killer in it that was his mom's mm-hmm. like oh it's it reverses it's twist it's like a twist that you know is reversed or whatnot because yeah. you grow up thinking oh jason he's the killer in these movies and then when you watch it you're like oh what what it's his mom and then you go to the second one and he doesn't have the hockey mask He's got a bag on his mm-hmm. head, so it's not quite all there yet. Yeah, it's a, it's sort of weird because it's just sort of you don't see that nowadays. It's a lot less planning involved in the origin of Jason. Right, and now they overthink the things because we should have had at least three of them by now with Paramount's deal, and we still can't get one. Oh my! It, like yeah. just just spend five million yes. dollars on it. It doesn't give. If it if it's successful, then make another one. I you know I think they were so they I think they were ready to go on that on that found footage footage version of the film, mm. and they kind of announced it, and everyone immediately re, you know the base immediately said yeah. no, and then they had to rethink it. And I think there was a little bit of fighting over doing a television show and what direction, you know, I mean, what are you going to create a cinematic universe of Friday the 13th? Just make some yeah, fucking just make, sequels. Just it's not rocking. Jason, <laughs> Crystal yeah. Lake, Kill Kids. Ted. Yeah, Ted. You're good you're, 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 I think it's not that hard. <laughs> and these movies were better when they were spending less. And keep mm. the guy who did Jason Goes to Hell, the writer of that film, keep him right. far away. As far away <laughs> as yeah. you can get. I, yeah. yeah. We don't so need to hide him on we don't, yeah. we don't need high concept of war yeah, games. They, can, they, they don't need to worry. I, I mean, just take it, set it in the 80s in some generic period that could go randomly wherever people want. And Jason, Crystal Lake, teens, kill them. Make, just worry about the kills. Like, yeah. yeah. Have the I'd teens get see... high at some point, like Vicky wanted to, by the way. Another right. plus for her. I'd like to see a version that was stylized. I'd like to see you know the, the characters step out of the... You know, again, like I mentioned, I, I feel like uh, a story about Pamela Voorhees actually would would make a compelling artful version. If you wanted to do something artful with this franchise, do that. If you want to do something goofy, do that. If you want to do something that's just scary and raw, you know, you've got, uh, you know, the first four films and even part five to some extent in terms of like how it sets up its violence and stuff. You know, for for the first few films, you've got good template for what to do do right and do wrong and you know just go go in that direction but it seems like they they no one can pick an idea yeah, you could almost you could almost do the comedy horror route too with it if you wanted try something new mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. i know the fans would that take jason too seriously would balk at that but but if you make one right. every year 
um, yeah. then who cares? Then you, every couple of years, yeah. you get a different version of Jason, give, and that's give fun. Ty West or Adam Wingard, $5 million, say, I want a retro Jason picture. That's all you get. Make it. And you, they could do it and do it well, I would think. As long as they're tits. But no, we got to get this in. right, and we got to spend $30 million on it. How much uh, do you guys know? How much the reboot like cost? 19? Yeah, it was it was under thirty was like, for sure. Yeah, and it made a it made more than its money it back that first weekend. So it imagine was... if you spent five million and got that same number. And yeah. it had like the most the big one of the biggest drops right. of all time. Yeah, but whatever, it was profitable, and that's what the oh yeah the, the Freddy for, you know movie killed it the sequel to it. But I'm so perturbed. <laughs> I was so excited when that happened. They were like, oh, Paramount can make a Friday the 13th uh, movie without any involvement from Warner Brothers for the next five years. And so far that deal has turned into Warner Warner Brothers made money off Interstellar. What has Paramount done? Mm -hmm. Paramount has done nothing with this product. They're about to lose it. In well, just we a, won't, another yeah, year we won't get a Friday because it has to be a conjoined effort between New Line, Warner Brothers, and Paramount. And with Paramount having like movies like Terminator Genesis tanking. Probably not as keen to spend money on genre fodder. Okay, so since we're all done with our conversation, I'm going to now uh, draw the next Friday the 13th movie we'll discuss. Tentatively, the next Friday the 13th is January 13th, 2017. So, wow. uh, but we could come back before that, honest, if we find a special occasion or whatnot where we want to get back and talk about one sooner. But for now, it could be or January thirteenth, twenty seventeen. Uh, is there anyone you're hoping for a draw here? Um, I I always hope for six because six is my favorite, and I always hope for five so I can watch them sing in a portageon. <laughs> I'm hoping for four or five. Okay, I I always hope for you know five, and uh, four is my personal favorite. So let's see here. It's probably gonna be seven. Uh, no one's favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of like. I have a soft spot for part eight. Oh yeah, it's tense. Okay. Yeah, part eight is probably the one I've seen the most. <laughs> Should I throw it back? Did Friday you get seven? Part seven, the new blood. Mm. Let's, Let's get it, get over, it over. Yep. We you did seven. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. So next time will be Friday the thirteenth, part seven, the new blood. Randy, one more time. Where can we find all your stuff at? You can find me at permanentlygeek.com and on Twitter at RL Schaefer Writes or at Permanently okay. Geek. And uh we want to thank you guys for tuning in for our bonus Friday the 13th episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want more, let us know. If you want it really bad, maybe we can do another one sooner. Once again, thank you for coming on, Randy. And we'll see you guys again, not this coming Monday, but the next one for Deathstalker. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade's bonus Friday the 13th episode. You can find more of Randy's work on the Permanently Geek YouTube channel and on Twitter at RL Schaefer Writes. Colin is on Twitter at My Name is Colin. Brandon is on Twitter at BT Peters. And you can also find his written work at whysoblue.com. Episode produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon. 
Friday the 13th, Part 2, property of Paramount Pictures, and no infringement is intended. Please tune in every other Monday for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. smash it with the friday the 13th game yeah with the game which i i have a very funny story about i uh when i played that i got that game for like a a birthday or something and i was having the hardest time with it and so i called the nintendo power hotline back that we had back then Mm -hmm. that charged you for asking game tips and oh my god yeah yeah and i and i was online like man i want to beat this game so bad and I'm talking to the guy on the phone, and the first question he asked is, what day are you on? And I was like, day? (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea there was three days to that game. Yeah. It's not in the instruction manual. Yeah. Nothing is in the the instruction manual. (laughs) Nothing. It's one of those damn LJN games. And I was like, day? He's like, yeah, man, there's there's three days. You have to make it three days. It's like, shit. Well... Is there any cheat codes? He's like, no. Yeah, there's like nothing for it. <laughs> no. He's yeah. Like, he's like, what you're gonna do is, uh, you get through uh, day one, and uh, and he's like, oh, like day two, night two, you fight Jason's mom's head, um, and then uh, this, but yeah, there's no cheat codes or anything. You just have to kind of make it. I was like, god damn, I never beat that game. I never made it past day one. I'd really like to see a uh, a 3ds uh, remake of it. Um, and like, and like improve it. Cause I think it's an interesting concept. It just, it was executed so poorly and, and with a few minor tweaks and particularly with a 3ds, cause you have two screens, you could have like the map Mm. on the bottom screen and then that would be huge. Yeah. Cause that that map didn't mean anything. If they actually had a map that meant something, that would be, cause it was, you couldn't tell like if you'd walked on a trail, uh, like where the hell you were. Cause it all looks the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that oh, that would be cool. I'd be I'd be down for that. But mm-hmm. yeah. it gave me the creepiest music though. That was what worked for it. It's that music. But mm-hmm. would have been great if the oh. Nintendo Power person said, "How old are you, by the way? <laughs> Did you get your parents' permission before calling?" <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that. Like that was back when you could make that game for kids. Like you'd market like toys for RoboCop. You Rambo know? the cart Rambo, the cartoon. Yeah, exactly. Yep.